When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Milwaukee Bucks fans, this is the Bucks in Six podcast. I'm Stephen Dorff, and alongside me is my co-host Hershey Winkleman. Check us out on Instagram and Twitter at Bucks and Six FFSN for more Bucks content. Oh boy, I've been fearing this day would never come. I think we have witnessed the uh, final game, the end of a great era in the Milwaukee Bucks history. Over the past five seasons, this Bucks team has been the number one seed in the NBA three times. We've seen players win multiple awards from MVPs to all NBA teams to defensive player of the years. But the most important thing is, is that this Bucks team, they brought us a championship. They brought us our first championship in 50 years. And with that, that being said, the number one seeded my uh, Milwaukee Bucks have lost in five games to Miami Heat for the second time in four years. And this one really, really stings. Really, really hurts. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I agree with your entire sentiment. It's devastating. It's shocking. It's, it's, it's all of those words at once. Um, you know, I, I, every single thing that we talked about in the last podcast that needed to change didn't, didn't get changed. We, we saw, we saw very little improvement. It, it, it was unimpressive. There were that it did not seem like there was a lot of effort, mental lapses all over the court, silly turnovers, missed free throws, coaching mistakes, all of the above. Mm-hmm. It, it, it is truly devastating that the Milwaukee Bucks, the number one seed in the NBA, the best record, and the favorite before the playoffs started to win the championship, loses to the first play-in team to win a series ever. It's embarrassing. It is embarrassing. Yeah, for sure. And. I mean, game game five was was just purely deja vu of game four. I mean, it was it was a carbon copy of it. Like we were up going into the fourth quarter, and particularly in game five, we made three shots in the whole fourth quarter. Three shots. It's just you cannot have these meltdowns. I mean, we're the oldest team in the NBA by a lot, and it did not show tonight. It did not show in game five at all. I mean, I, I just think there there was there were so many glaring issues that I feel like, you know, any any logical coaching staff, any, you know, any trainer, any any assistant coach, maybe hopefully the head coach would notice that these things need to change game to game. But no, like we've said before, 
Coach Bud is one of the most stubborn head coaches in the NBA, and he refuses to change his defensive philosophy as well as his offensive philosophy, even when it's not working. I can say for a fact that Eric Spolstra coached circles around Mike Budenholzer in this series. Circles. Easily. He, I mean, he ran around him like he was Max – or he drove around him like he was Max Verstappen on a racetrack, on an F1 racetrack. I mean, it was it was disgusting. Mike Budenholzer made so many coaching mistakes, just absolute misses. I mean, let's, it just it started out, what, a couple minutes into the game where uh, he used his challenge on a, on a Giannis offensive foul, and it, it's that challenge could have came so useful in the fourth quarter. He missed – Two very crucial timeouts when Jimmy Butler hit that unbelievable game-winning alley or game time rather alley oop layup to send it into OT. We had a half a second to get the ball down, and we still had a timeout. Where where's the timeout, Bud? What are you thinking? In overtime, we we got the ball back at 128, 126 with about 10 seconds, and we sprint the ball up court. And we're panicking. We couldn't even get a shot up, actually. Grayson didn't know what was going on, didn't know what the, what the clock was at. Where was the timeout there, bud? And th- I mean, those are just three like examples, small examples of a, of a moment in the game. I mean, let's talk about his scheming in general. Why, why did he let Jimmy Butler just do whatever he wanted all five games? It was the exact same thing. Let's just put Jimmy Butler on. Or, well, let's just put Drew Holiday on Jimmy Butler on an island. Leave him alone. No help. Yeah, he'll drop 56. No problem. Same thing in game five. And a must-win game five at home. Why why were there no double teams? We threw nothing at Jimmy. Nothing to stop him. The only improvement I saw was Wesley Matthews. And unfortunately, he... he it, it, it seemed to me like Drew was trying to pick a fight with Jimmy that he simply could not win. They were jawing back and forth at each other, and every single time I look at the screen, Drew Holiday is is like trying to guard Jimmy, like his like on his own, and it's very clear that the reason that Wesley Matthews was put into this game was to be that defensive stopper, and Drew Holiday didn't even let him because his pride was too much, and he's known as the best defensive point guard in the league, so he can't let Jimmy Butler do it to him again. But what happens? He does it to him again. He does it to him again, and Drew Holiday can't even produce on the offensive side to back up his end of it. it, it, it the Drew Holiday collapse this series, it, it, it's extremely concerning, in my opinion. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, this guy was supposed to be – I mean, last year he was debatably the defensive player of the year. Marcus Smart won it, but he was in the conversation. He was top two, top three. He didn't look like it at all this series. I mean, let's be real. Nobody on the Bucks looked great defensively this series. We looked at, we looked awful, horrendous, and and I don't want to discredit the Miami Heat. The Miami Heat were unbelievable in this series. Heading into this game, I think they were like fifty two percent on contested threes. Uh, I mean, Jimmy Butler obviously was Jimmy Butler. They played great. I mean, there's there's no argument. So. Eric Spolster is a great coach too. They, they they did their job. They came in. They they did what they needed to do. With that being said, Milwaukee just did not play like a number one seed at the end of the day. They didn't play like a team that won a championship two years ago. They just they looked horrible. They, they I mean, just two absolute 
meltdowns in playoff games, back-to-back playoff games. Wait, like, we, what is this? I, I think we had a 16-point lead going into the fourth quarter, and then they went on an 11-to-1 run. 11-to-1. And what did I see? I saw no penetration. I saw no ball movement. I saw a lot of people standing around. I saw a lot of Giannis pulling up for long jump shots. I saw a lot of missed threes. What happened to the ball movement? What happened to the high pick and roll with Giannis and and and, and Chris? That was working, and they get away from. I I I just don't understand. I just don't understand. Three three prominent players on the Heat foul out. Bam Adebayo, Kevin Love, and Kyle Lowry, and we can't capitalize. It, it, it's just unbelievable to me. It is unbelievable. Absolutely. I mean, it, it's, it's pathetic at the end of the day. <laughs> There's really not much else to say. It's It was a pathetic showing from the Milwaukee Bucks. I Chris do. Middleton, I want to say Chris Middleton showed up tonight. Definitely didn't play as well at the end of the game, but I mean, that's where we need guys like Giannis and Drew to show up and they just didn't. I mean, Giannis couldn't hit a free throw to save his life. I know Giannis has never been someone who's been a great free throw shooter, but the guy shot less than 50%. I mean, it was it was atrocious. He, just, he, he makes three more of those free throws we win this game. Drew Holiday, Drew Holiday missed a cl- uh, clutch free throw at the end of the game. He makes that free throw. Jimmy Butler's layup doesn't happen. We don't go to overtime. We win that game. Just, just a lot of just – just didn't execute our, our big players, our, our big three just didn't execute throughout this series when we needed them to at the end of the day. And that that's the saddest part and the part that was that I was least expecting for sure. Yeah, like you said before, though, I mean, we definitely can't can't discredit Miami. And I do want to just point out that I do think the next round series between Miami and New York is going to be extremely interesting. Um, but that's just my opinion. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a great series for sure. Definitely looking forward to following that one. Um, let's see if the Heat can keep up their uh, their lights out shooting. Or I wonder if that was just purely just the Bucks being negligent at that point, just giving them open threes. I mean, and every, and every single time we would close out on a guy in the paint, it, I felt like Bam Adebayo was just getting a putback. Like there was no boxing out at all down the stretch when it comes to like defending a shot in the paint and having two guys go flying at the shooter and there's no one in the paint to get the rebound. It, it, it's just like, what it's like, what are we, what are we doing guys? What are, what are we doing? You know, it, it, it's crazy. It's an epic collapse. Absolutely. It's really sad. Really, really, really sad. Um, let's take a quick break and we're going to come back with some more Bucks talk as well as we're going to look forward to this offseason um, and see what changes we can make going forward. Welcome back, everybody, to the Bucks and Six show. Um, Steve, I know we were going to talk a little bit about, you know, this coming offseason, uh, what's coming for the Bucks, what changes need to be made. Um, I think we can absolutely both agree that there has to be a head coaching change at this point. Um, like you said earlier, those errors, those coaching mistakes are too blatant. They're they're just too blatant to ignore. 
Um, I think if the ownership and the GM has any basketball knowledge, they they would go get Nick Nurse, in my opinion. But what 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 are, what are your thoughts on kind of what needs to happen this offseason? You know, looking at the Bucks cap, and what 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 can what can we do? You know, to get us back in that championship contending mold again. Yeah, it's tough, man. It's really tough. Uh, I do totally agree about Coach Budenholzer. I think he needs to be fired. I I think that his championship run was that he got bailed out. He got, you know, a couple extra years of job security because Giannis was excellent on both ends of the floor. Drew Holiday had an elite defensive run and Chris Middleton gave some phenomenal offensive performances as well. So Budenholzer didn't, you know, particularly do anything great in that series or in that playoff run. It was horrible in this one. I mean, in, in this short series, yeah, he needs to go. That, that's for starters, for sure. He needs to go. Uh, looking at the team as a whole, though, we are in a lot of trouble in terms of, I mean, our future. We're, we're Like I said earlier, we're the oldest team in the NBA, and, and we don't have any money. We don't have any draft capital. So it's it's going to be it's going to be interesting we might have to look into trading and trading a guy like chris middleton and i i'm chris middleton is probably one of my favorite box of all time it's it's just so sad to even have to like have this conversation but like what's best for the team at this point we might have to move on cuz i think the biggest issue outside of coach Budenholzer was and even our stars not showing up when we needed them to show up was we we didn't have any winged like defenders i mean we had nobody to put on jimmy butler and stop jimmy butler i mean realistically we if if we had made it past this series what were we going to do to a team like the celtics if we had made it that far i mean with two elite wing like were, were we just saving ourselves from a sweep in the Eastern conference finals, like this team is so old. I think it needs to just be retooled. It needs to be rejuvenated, right? We need some youth. I definitely agree. And, you know, I think I, I, I agree on the, on the trading Chris thing, you know, it's, it's tough because I think, if you're a Bucks fan who's lived through, you know, this era of fantastic Bucks basketball, um, you know, we we saw Chris Middleton get thrown into a trade for another, you know, Bucks legend in Brandon Jennings, who wasn't like amazing player or anything, but he he did, you know, set the culture for a little bit and he's a huge fan favorite. But, you know, Chris Middleton's thrown into that trade as his second round pick. Um He's not even the focal point. And then he he blossoms into a three-time All-Star, an NBA champion. And you're right. You know, it, it is really tough to talk about trading a, a guy like that away. Um, and, it, you know, it's difficult to see a, this perform this kind of performance out of Drew Holiday, knowing that, you know, we traded like five first-round picks for him. And he literally looked like Eric Bledsoe, who was the guy he was literally supposed to be not the same guy. He was supposed to replace Eric Bledsoe and be much better, and instead he looked like a clone in this series. 
Yeah, no, in the last podcast, I was saying how Jimmy Butler was reminding me of Michael Jordan, right? And, I, you know, I, you hear these stories about how Michael Jordan was such a great trash talker, and we saw a lot of Jimmy Butler trash talk in Game 5, especially to Drew Holiday. He was running his mouth at Drew. And, I mean, it just seemed like Drew Holiday just got Michael jordan by Jimmy Butler, where, like, Jimmy, Jimmy was just in his head at I mean, he built an entire like country in that man's head. Drew Drew was just incapable of guarding him. He missed at that clutch free throw at the end of the game. I mean, he he was he's been he's just he hasn't been anything this series. So yeah, Jimmy Butler has done a numbers on Drew Holiday, and you know I hope it's not one of those things where like he really really like messed with his confidence long term. I hope this is something that Drew Holiday can get over because I do believe that Drew Holiday is someone that can be good for us. He can be impactful in the long term because we do have him under contract for the next three years. So uh, the third year being uh, a player option. So I I would like to see someone like Drew Holiday bounce back from this. I mean, we've seen what he can do in, in previous playoff series, be it with the Bucks or with the Pelicans, right? I mean, we've seen what the guy can do. We know what he's capable of. And I don't think that we can necessarily jump off of him after one bad series. So I get the point that he he just wasn't – he was horrible this series. I mean, there's offensively and defensively, he just was not it. I don't know if it was an ego thing or if, if it was just Bud being stubborn on why he was on Jimmy all five games for majority of the game on an island. But – I, I like Drew Holiday. I want. I hope there's there's a way we can keep the guy, and I think that outside of him, though, we do need to look into investing into maybe a newer, younger wing that can deal with guys like Jimmy Butler on the defensive end. I mean, I don't know. How do you feel about that? I think it would be interesting um, when you look at trading a guy like Chris Middleton. Um, it's difficult to gauge a guy like that's value because. You know, he's only really played in this one system. Um, and he's, you know, he's blossomed with Giannis. He's considered to be like like the Batman to, or the Robin to, to Giannis's Batman. He's, he's, he's considered to be like one of the guys who can play with Giannis the best. And, you know, to see him get traded and to go to a different team, it's interesting to, you know, try to gauge a guy like that's value at the, it, you know, he's almost, he's over 30 now. Um, so yeah, I, I really I, you bring up like a young, good defensive wing, and I'm just trying to think of like a situation that he would fit in where we would get a young defensive wing back, and I just don't. I guess I'm just not sure where that situation would be, other than maybe Portland, and I'm not sure what that player would be that we get back. Yeah, and I mean that's definitely like down the road. I mean I think as Bucks fans, as the players, as you know, the front office. I think everyone kind of just needs to swallow this loss, kind of just, you know, deal with it, figure it out, figure out a way to bounce back, whether it be with a new squad, with a retooled squad, or whether we want to run it back with the same coach, with the same guys. But I I personally think that we need to shake something up, and I think that starts with the coaching. I think that's the first thing that we need to figure out is is – who can coach this team because clearly Mike Budenholzer 
I mean, he 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 messed up really bad this series. He the guy messed up. He was he was horrible. It was inexcusable. How I mean, do you do you do you think that maybe just a coaching change would be enough? Like, do you think do you think that they they just fire Budenholzer, replace him with you know a seasoned veteran coach, and they just say okay, we run it back with the same group of players with a, just a different leader at the top? You think that's like that? You think that's gonna work? I mean, at the end of the day, like, why can't it? Yes, Chris Middleton, I, his knee, he had the issues with the injuries, but I mean, in Game Five, Chris Middleton looked like looked like old Chris Middleton for majority of the game. I mean, who's to say that he he doesn't you know have another full off season to get healthy, especially now being that they're going to get extra time that. This is, you know, this is the earliest they've been eliminated from the playoffs in this five-year stretch. So, I mean, who's to say he doesn't come back and, you know, get back to that 100% to what he used to be? I mean, Chris Middleton, again, has never been someone to rely on his athleticism to get to where he needs to be to make a shot. So, defensively, I thought he looked a lot better tonight than he did in last game. It looked like he was able to get around screens much better, but... Hopefully he can age well, and you know, hopefully this offseason he can recover fully, be back to the Chris Middleton we've seen. If not, if they decide to go the route of trading him, I really, really hope it's for a younger wing that can you know be effective on both sides of the ball. I agree. Um, when we look at some of the you know other free agents coming up, we got guys like Wesley Matthews. Um, Joe Ingles, Jay Crowder, who we just traded for at the deadline. You know, these are all older guys. Um, you talked about how we're the oldest team in the league. Are you pro bringing these guys back, or do you want to, you know, use some of that mid-level exception somewhere else maybe? I mean, Jay, where was Jay Crowder this series? He didn't even play. I mean, he was a DNP last game in game four, and tonight he came in for, what, like five seconds? To like you know, after like a free throw or something, I don't know. Jake Jake Crowder like didn't even play. Why he didn't play? He, he got off to a bad start in the playoffs, sure. But again, like I was saying earlier, like in the last podcast, how can you expect a guy's confidence to grow and be high, right? Like how can how can you expect a guy to be confident if he doesn't get the play time? Like you told him he he wanted to be here, and we we told him we wanted him here, and then just didn't use him when it mattered most, like at all. Didn't even really give him the chance. He was someone that probably could have helped on Jimmy Butler this series. Just yeah, from a sheer size, just from a sheer size, like like matchup point, right? Like And he's a former teammate. Yeah, exactly. He kind of know he he's we practiced with Jimmy. He he knows what he's doing. He knows how he knows some of Jimmy's moves. Not saying that he's gonna stop Jimmy like completely, but he might be able to help. He could have helped. We didn't really get to see it. We didn't see it for long enough. Uh, you know, I think that's a testament to again. It's a, it's a, it's a coaching failure. It's just an utter failure. Your, ge- your general manager trades five second round picks, and yeah, albeit second round picks are not that valuable, but you know, we've seen them turn into MVPs. We've seen them turn into all stars. We've seen the Bucks draft a rookie of the year in the second round. You know what I mean? So we trade away five second round picks for a guy who's a rental who's going to be a free agent in the off season and coach Budenholzer instead decides to just not use him. Like you said, it's, it's, it's absurd. I, I, I've never seen such blatant inexcusable errors 
from a head coach in the NBA. I mean, it, he looks like he should be coaching in China the way he's coaching. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's weird too. Like this was the deepest team that we've seen in this in the past five years from the Bucks. Probably like no, not probably. This is definitely the deepest teams in terms of like talent that we have. We were running like an eight man rotation. Like, where was Javon Carter? Javon Carter is an excellent on ball defender. He could have been really good on a guy like Gabe Vincent, who was lighting us up tonight. Where was Javon Carter? Where, where, again, yeah, where, where's Jay Crowder? Why, why is Jay Crowder not getting an opportunity? I mean, we need these guys, we need them in the game. I and mean, Pat Connington didn't play enough. Pat Connington was great this game. Well, why didn't Pat Connington might be our most like, like efficient role player. He's our most consistent role player. That's for sure. I can tell you they, the, the guys always, he always shows up. I feel like when it matters and he just doesn't get to see the floor enough. And where, where was Bobby Portis? You know what I mean? The Bucks. Bobby, the Bucks. Eh, I don't know. Bobby Portis seems like he's kind of a liability on the defensive end at times. I mean, when a shot and, and in reality, when Bobby's shot isn't falling, he's, he's not going to, can't be very helpful in a series like this. He's got to get that shot to fall. It did not help that he had a down year from the three-point line. And it continued in the playoffs. Yeah, but like you said, I mean, like you said about Jay Crowder, to get a guy kind of going and in rhythm, he's going to need to get those minutes, regardless of if he's making his shots or not. You know what I mean? Otherwise, it shatters their confidence. And I could tell the Bucks, the crowd, the fans were trying to get Bobby more engaged and, you know, intensified in the game because he looked a little you know, dejected and sad out there that his shots weren't falling and he wasn't putting in the effort and, you know, the intensity that we normally see out of Bobby. You know, he 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 was like a top three candidate and sixth man of the year. And and we got almost none of that off the bench from Bobby this series. Yeah, I mean, I think that's just, like, like especially with how, like, our team is ran too. I mean, we our two best players in this series for the, like, majority of it were pro- I mean, when Giannis played, it was Giannis and then Brooke Lopez. What what uh, Brooke Lopez when Giannis played probably he he also probably got a little exposed on defense. I mean, but just if we're talking overall consistency, Brooke Lopez was probably our most consistent player again outside of Giannis when Giannis played. But you know, it's it's just it's so unfortunate. It just to see this team do what they did just. It was a it was a collapse of you know proportions. I truly have not felt as a Bucks fan maybe ever. I mean, other than maybe that Raptors series that we were up two zero and lost four straight. But this is honestly this is just embarrassing as a fan. It's just really embarrassing to have your team be the best team in the NBA for eighty two games and play unbelievable basketball for seven or eight months straight just to lose in the first week of the playoffs. Yeah, that's the thing, though. It's like we try so hard in the regular season, and then it's we, we just go to the same thing over and over again, and it just does it, – it gets burnt out in the playoffs. Teams figure us out. You can't be a one-trick pony in the playoffs. You can't just keep going to this iso ball. It doesn't work when there's no ball movement and guys are standing around. It doesn't work. And the thing is, is you look back at the, in the past five years – there hasn't been a one seed to win uh, the finals. I mean, in on the West or East. 
So all these teams that, and, and when we won the championship, we were a three seed, right? We spent majority of the year trying to figure out how to play together with uh, the new addition of Drew Holiday. Drew even says that on, uh, it was like JJ Roddick's podcast. He was saying like, for the first two months, I didn't really know what I was doing. I was just like running around out there trying to find my place on the team. But like, in a way that kind of works to the team's advantage because come playoff time, it's like they've tried all these things. So they know what to go to when to go to it and it's not just like oh we've done this all year and it's worked it's like we can go to this or we can go to this we can go to this because it's in our bag because we've done it we've we've tried shit out you know exactly and i, I think the i think the coaching staff for the box um i'm not sure if you know the assistants were part of this as well but i know for a fact that coach budenholzer was was unprepared he was simply unprepared for the series um, it seems like they bought they the box got punched in the mouth in game one and, and and just couldn't couldn't bounce back. They just couldn't take it. And you know, it's sad to see it, it, not even really a fight out of, you know, an it's supposedly an elite basketball team. And we 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 barely even fought them. It didn't even seem like it it didn't seem like we were ever gonna win any of these games going down the stretch, even when we had the lead. Yeah, we just didn't feel like the one seed. It, like I felt like the eight seed. I, I I felt as if we were the eight seed. That that's how I truly felt. And I know a lot of people probably agree with me. I know a lot of uh my buddies. We we, we were all uh, texting like, it's, it's disappointing. We like we didn't deserve to win the series. Like I don't like. There's no other way to put it. We just didn't deserve it. Like you said, we got out hustled. We just got out talented. We got out coached. We didn't. We just didn't deserve it at the end of the day. Really, really disappointing outing from the Bucks. Really disappointing. But as I said, as I said at the beginning, all the uh, all good things must come to an end. And I think that this is probably the end of this Milwaukee Bucks era. And hey, not too many teams get to see a championship. Not too many teams get to see a championship. So. We're really, really lucky for that. And at the end of the day, that's that's always going to be something we're going to get to look back on, something to remember. And hopefully, this team can like moving forward can figure it out, can bounce back from this. I mean, I, I'm a huge John Horst guy. I think he's he's done a very, very good job of putting this team in situations to win, and I have full faith in him to continue to do a great job with this team. Yeah. Um... I, I do hope that, you know, there are some some changes coming this offseason. I, I think there have to be, um, whether it be coaching, whether it be players, whether it be both. Um, I, I trust John Horst. I think he, you know, can make the right decisions for the team. And like you said, you know, bringing a championship to a city that hasn't had one in 50 years is extremely tough to do. Um, you know, they galvanized the city around a, t- a specific team. And that team is now like the blood of the city now. Like everyone's a Bucks fan here. Like it, it's it's crazy, but you know it, it's it, like you said. It, it's just devastating. It's shocking. It's all of the above. It, it, there's there's honestly not enough words in the dictionary to describe how just absolutely sad this pathetic failure was of a series. Yeah, and you know before we uh, wrap this episode up. I just want to ask the viewers a question, the listeners. Uh, how do you guys think that this Bucks team can run it back with a new coach, 
maybe a couple, you know, role player tweaks, but with the same, you know, like the same big four of Brooke, Giannis, Drew, and Chris, or do you think that it's time to, you know, completely switch it up, trade, trade guys and basically retool. So I don't know. We just want to get your input, hear what you guys think. Definitely. And, um, you know, you can always give us feedback, whether it be, you know, on Twitter and Instagram at boxing six FFSN, or, you know, by leaving ratings and reviews on either Apple or Spotify. Um, we will see all of those feedback and messages. Um, but that'll be it for this episode of the boxing six podcast. I just want to say for both Steve and myself that we are very thankful for this snapshot of box history. Make sure to like, subscribe, and download. Um, we look forward to covering the rest of the playoffs as the Bucks decide how quickly Mike Budenholzer will be unemployed. I'm Hershey Winkleman. He's Steven Dorf. And thank you for a great run, Milwaukee Bucks.